This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Reiki is a gentle yet powerful Japanese method of natural healing, which promotes stress reduction, relaxation, restoring ease and clarity, emotional release, creative flow, and support for physical healing, amongst other benefits. Translated as universal life force energy, Reiki, pronounced Reiki, involves the light laying of hands-on or over the body to help shift strengthen, and or restore more balanced energy throughout the body. Reiki can also be sent and received from afar. A practitioner acts as a channel or conduit for Reiki with the intention to support healing. In this sense, Reiki can never harm. It can only do good to support any person of any age, animal, or intention. Rediscovered in the early 1900s by Dr. Maikao Usiu, of whom the Usui system of natural healing is named, Reiki has been passed down from practitioner to practitioner through trainings and attunements. While Reiki does provide many healing benefits, it is not meant as a substitute for medical advice, diagnoses, or medication. Rather, it can be practiced in complement with a medical practitioner as needed. A session involves the client lying down on a table, similarly to a massage, open and receptive. Light touch or no auric touch is used based on personal preference. A one hour Reiki session can produce the effects equivalent to four hours of restful sleep. It can help remove blocks in the body, physical, mental, emotional, creative, and spiritual, foster peace and compassion, relieve tension, empower goals and intentions, and support healing of past or present conditions. Sometimes one will experience physical sensations, abstract or vivid visuals, messages, memories, all connected with the intention guiding the practice. You do not have to believe in Reiki in order to experience the value and benefits from it. Although a willingness to receive allows for a strengthened energetic connection. Reiki does not have a specific attachment to any religious affiliation. It can only enhance your current spiritual belief system. Valeria Tellez interviews Stephen Todd Smith. He is a certified Usui Tibetan Reiki master teacher and practitioner. Based out of Los Angeles with his current energy healing practice, Reiki for Creative Minds. Immersing himself in a Reiki-guided lifestyle back in 2012, he has had the privilege of supporting thousands of individuals, people, and animals, both in person and remotely. With a BFA in drama from New York University, holistic health coaching certification from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and plant-based nutrition certification from Cornell's T. Collins Campbell Foundation, Stephen takes a holistic approach to life, connecting with others heart-to-heart, infusing creativity and playfulness, 
and embracing a grounded simplicity that helps to make Reiki accessible and relatable to anyone and everyone. His mission is to help others reconnect with a more balanced and aligned state of body, mind, and spirit. Release unnecessary stress and fill up every day with greater direction, inspiration, gratitude, love, and light. In addition to providing support with Reiki treatments, he also teaches classes for those who are interested in incorporating Reiki more directly into their lives, for their own well-being, and sharing the gift with others. Meet Stephen at ReikiForCreativeMinds.com. Here's the interview with Stephen Todd Smith. In your own words, who is Stephen Todd Smith? Stephen Todd Smith is a lover, is inherently and deeply connected to the most meaningful, playful aspects of life, human connection and connection to this beautiful planet that we live on and everything around it. And I'm sure in the many ways that we'll be discussing later, uh, very connected to internal and external healing uh, through Reiki and whatever other means of infusing deep, meaningful presence into life. How did you uncover those gifts or this understanding of yourself? It's always interesting to explore that question because there's always the question of, is one born with it? Does one develop it over time? And I think that that question is okay not to have an official answer for. Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes right through our paths in life and where we're guided, the education that we go and the experiences that we have and the unique ways we open up to new questions and then receive answers in life, I think that very much could tie back to a seedling of saying, hey, you were meant for this. You might not have known it at the time, but you were meant for this. So my early life, I can't necessarily even recognize if the seedlings were there, though I have a sense of trust that they were. Uh, I think that some of the most meaningful changes in my life might have started in my young adulthood. Uh, I can feel incredibly blessed and grateful that my parents raised me to be a kind, considerate, compassionate, connected human being. And I think that's obviously laid the foundation for wanting to connect, wanting to be of service, wanting to teach, wanting to support in people's physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Uh, I specifically went vegan in 2009, and through living a consciously compassionate lifestyle, I do believe that that opened up my mind and just my way of being in my everyday to a whole host of different things that eventually, I can say, the trajectory led me towards Reiki, and Reiki became that beautiful guiding light and that spark to really further just delve into what it means to be part of the healing process, both with myself and the joy of extending it to others. What is the connection between not killing, let's say, animals in this case, and healing the world or healing ourselves? Do you see a clear connection? I I think the clearest connection when we take a look at it from a scientific, from an environmental point of view, especially in terms of what we see in 
industrialized animal agriculture is what the science shows directly pointing to what we experience globally in terms of climate change on a deeper level which really does you know it's unique because we experience it individually but since we are all connected on this huge planet all eight plus billion of us there is a unique again energetic spiritual, just human connection when it comes to how we express our choices, specifically compassionate choices. We have certain rules about killing. Um, it can date back whether or not you are religious or not. We're all familiar with thou shalt not kill. And so where do we make that distinction? Where do we limit ourselves in our conscious circle of compassion when it comes to living beings on this earth. And that's just part of a very long ongoing, we could say disconnection, or just part of our evolution as human beings with uh, living in times where we had to sustain ourselves to live by hunting for animals. And we move all the way to 2022 in a very, very different world where when we do consume animal flesh and secretions and such, we are buying it in pristine packaged uh, you know, containers and such from the supermarket. There's such a great disconnection. So the deepest question is, what is most life-affirming? Do I want to consume? Do I want to bring into my body something that uh, you know, is grown to be life-affirming, that represents growth uh, and life in the most connected sense of this global life cycle? Or do I want to participate in something that involves the the true and early and unnecessary cessation of life, especially when it comes to sentient beings. Resonates so true to me. I do eat fish. I don't have any sense of guilt or any sense of almost like pressure of being a vegan because if I'm not, then I'm less spiritual than those who are because I don't really follow the idea of comparison. As we spoke yeah. briefly off record, I love the way you said that about everyone is where they are. Whatever we are ready to see or be in this moment, it is. It's already happening, right? Still. We're all on our yeah. own journeys. Um, your journey is different from mine. My journey is different from yours. We can lead by example. We can share the excitements, the passions, the love, the benefits that we experience as inspirations and as platforms to hopefully lift or help someone into something maybe that they need or maybe that they don't. And through their own experience, they'll figure it out one way or another. And we have all of these individual journeys. And then we do have this unique global journey that we're all we're all on this ride together on this this beautiful <laughs> you know <laughs> pla planet. And so there are certain times where we go, the decision that is in my best interest, even if I don't know it yet, is actually one of communal and global interest primarily that will then trickle down to me. And sometimes it's the other way around. Uh, and what you shared is, you know, it's feeling burdened by guilt or regret is it's a heavy thing. It's never something that's good. We, we hope to unload those as often as possible as we come to terms with being flawed beings on this earth that are just trying to learn and learn and learn. And from what we learn, how can we put that into practice that's in alignment with that education, with our way of being? So true. I love this uh, non-judgmental kind of uh, point of view or understanding. That's the most beautiful thing I can think of. But then when it goes back, if we want to go deeper into it, why 
I was a vegetarian vegan for a long time, and then I was trying too hard in a sense of being something that I was not. The body was craving meat. I was um, running away from it. It just was a fight. I was constantly in conflict within. So it didn't work, and then I stopped. And then now it's almost like a sense of almost, which I'm not sure, a sense of freedom where whatever the conditioned mind and body does, it is connected, but at the same time, it's almost like the unconditioned presence is watching anyway, or it's here. So it's almost like it doesn't matter, but I know how much it matters when it comes to the collective, right, Stephen? In thinking about that, it seems to me that is when we, like I do what I do in the sense of eating salmon, fish, I think about that there is something in the conditioned mind and body that has to do, it's still attached to beliefs in, in separation. So what a fantastic dance, isn't it, this life? Yeah, you know, it's that it's that ongoing puzzle, right? Yeah, um, yeah. As far as far as separation and then making connections, sometimes the picture is not is not full yet. And we live that income that that's incomplete as far as the full picture, which we may not even know by the end of, of these specific lives that we have. But you know, we 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 enjoy what we are seeing and whatever is next to whatever that next piece is to plug in and make it clearer and clearer. Um, that's the that's the joy of all of it. And with that in mind, I do have a question for you about the idea of freedom. Do you believe that there will be a moment in time, still in the human body, that we will kind of arrive in that destination of love and peace and harmony? It's a fantastic question. Do we have a few weeks to talk about <laughs> it? Yes, right. <laughs> it's such a deep and important question, obviously, ongoing uh, in our own lives, philosophers, so on and so forth. I don't necessarily, I would not necessarily say, just from my own personal experience, opinion, uh, resonance as a whole, that there is a 100% perfect finish line to this idea of of freedom, I, I think that in many ways that I that sense of perfection of a finish line there might actually be a bit more inhibiting and um, actually feel a bit more burdensome or repel us away from that because of everything that that potentially means or connecting more and more with the sense of is that even possible? So how do we find freedom as much freedom as possible? The feeling of being free, the essence of being free in each and every moment. How can we simplify to creating this sense of maxing out that freedom within our deepest sense of presence? And of course, we've lived lives. We have so many things that have happened in the past that we would label good or bad. We have so many things ahead that we're planning for our dreams, events ahead, again, label good or bad. No matter what we have before and what we have after, it's all about, again, not neglecting where we are now. And I think that when we find ourselves out of presence, trying to achieve this quote unquote possible or impossible sense of ultimate freedom, I think we're actually giving up probably the most tangible sense of freedom, which is being able to flow in this specific moment without feeling so anchored or attached or pulled this way or that way by time, both past or present, uh, past or future. So that's a long way of saying that I don't think that there is an ultimate goal, but I think that 
the intention is to continue to experience it as much as possible. And that, what we feel from that is going to be the most resonant with us as we continue along in life. The idea you have of freedom, is that the same idea or understanding of spirituality? Oh, that's very, very interesting. And honestly, Valeria, I don't know if I've, that's an interesting combination of those two. I think that there's, I mean, in the Venn diagram of it, I'm sure there's a very, very deep circle. In terms of finding freedom in spirituality, I mean, it really is a sense of being true to yourself, right? Being true to yourself and opening up to the same, you know, hopefully vast freedoms that we can experience within our own lives. Uh, and, you know, specifically even talking on an energetic level of what we experience, again, physically, mentally, emotionally within our bodies, Spir our spirituality, our spiritual body is very much a part of our existence. So to feel free in that is to be able to pave your own path and follow it ahead into the unknown and the discoveries that come along with it, as opposed to feeling like, you know, you are being uh, oppressed or limited or uh, held back from a sense of that exploration. So as long as, you know, your your eyes, both on the actual physical sense of looking ahead and the provisioning of looking into the unknown, this spiritual connection, um, us being, a, each of us in a single human being in this vast, vast universe, um, both the physical, tangible side of things and also what we talk about and explore on a deeper metaphysical level. Uh, I think freedom in spirituality is all about that sense of trusting where you are and being open to what's ahead. Um, and hopefully with that, you know, those beautiful questions, challenging questions, but beautiful questions will lead to new answers that will just continue you moving ahead. Wow, I love your clarity. The, 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 there's poetry in, in all of it, right? It's all, it's all poetry. It's jazz. Uh, I mm. think with my clients and my students and probably today, you'll probably hear me mm -hmm. use the word flow and space a lot because that's what, that's what this is really about. There's so, I mean, we experience so much that piles into our mind, that piles into our bodies our our emotional state and carrying that around with us every day, every hour, every minute, every second can be incredibly burdensome. We're not going anywhere. We're like a rock. Um, so to be able to find ways, right, to take it in, to pro experience it, process it, then let it just, you know, sort of evaporate or dissipate, knowing if it's meant to come back, it's meant to come back. But uh, to, to flow into the space ahead, we want to feel like We have space ahead. We don't want to feel like there's a wall. We don't want to feel like there's a heavy fog. So how can we find ways to infuse the best life decisions and life explorations um, in terms of our spiritual journeys and the freedom we experience uh, into whatever that path ahead is while taking such beautiful resonant joy in each and every moment of that journey. Talk to me for a moment about what Reiki is and what's the closest connection between Reiki and healing as we know it. Yeah. Reiki is a, is a gentle yet incredibly powerful uh, method of natural healing that is really focused at its absolute base on restoring and infusing in a greater sense of relaxation and stress reduction, connecting energetically 
you know, when we talk about bodies, we can talk about our physical bodies. It's tangible. We can touch it. And when we talk about the energy body, it, it can potentially uh, move into a little bit more of that question mark realm of what exactly are we talking about? And we can explore that on a very scientific level if we want to talk atomically or cellularly even. We can talk about a spiritual level, just similar to how we were talking about spirituality. And I, uh, when it comes to Reiki specifically, which translates to universal life force energy in Japanese, um, where we, it's specifically our connection to this title of Reiki, this namesake of it uh, originated in Japan in really only the 1920s as far as putting a label on it. We are only a century ahead into it, even though when it comes to energy and energy healing, we know that it dates back however long past. So Reiki is this gentle and powerful um, natural healing practice that oftentimes involves the laying of hands or light touch. But because we are dealing with this beautiful facilitation and movement of energy from one living being to another, calling upon this universal life force energy to channel or flow through, mm -hmm. Reiki can also be done from a distance. It can be done remotely or from afar as we don't have those limitations and boundaries when it comes to the flow of energy. Going back to the topic of healing, what does, yes. does Reiki heal specifically, Stephen? Do you know or it's so vast that it's not something we can measure? I'm going to try to give a little bit of both because that second part is always that humility that we have as human beings, right? To say, I don't know everything, especially when it comes to these higher sources, these connections to something that is a above and beyond something of a higher intuition of a higher wisdom of a higher knowledge than you or I or anyone else may have but we are so blessed and grateful to be part of that flow uh, to be a channel to be a conduit of of reiki is both there's a simplicity in it and yet it is also one of the greatest you know uh, uh titles you know potentially one one can have, um, and that humility of being able to let go of ego and say, I am part of this flow, uh, is the beautiful part. And how it translates into healing as a practitioner is calling upon it and connecting with uh, another, another life source, another living being to help restore their overall energy body to a greater state of balance. We experience life I always include it in the four because it, it's always there, but physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I think those are the ones we can connect with most often. We can even talk about the flow of creativity very much as a part of that. And as we go through life, the tensions, the stresses, the anxieties, the fears, the worries, the doubts that we accumulate over time from when we were children all the way up to what we experience present day can be incredibly uh, limiting and debilitating and blocking of our overall en energetic flow. If we break down the word ray and key specifically, we have the sense of spiritually guided or universally guided key energy life force. We've probably heard about key or chi in yogic practice. We talk about prana. So just like water through a pipe or blood through the veins, when we are at our most balanced and you know primordial purist potentially healthiest self we have full flow uh, uninterrupted unblocked and as we accumulate all of those different challenges and stressors in life 
we develop on an energetic level different blocks. And that is sometimes experienced on a subconscious level or an unconscious level. And other times it manifests very consciously, potentially uh, emotional burdens or traumas or blocks manifesting into something physical. And what Reiki can help do is help to support the overall energy body to restore to that sense of balance, to move closer and closer and closer to helping to remove those blocks so that flow of key can happen most naturally. And when it does, that is when we feel our best. We feel the best in our body. We feel fluid. We feel like it makes sense to be in this vehicle, perhaps see certain chronic conditions or other um, diseases that we are experiencing mitigate or perhaps release. On a mental level, we often can move from a place of fatigue or fog or worry into, uh, like I mentioned, that word, greater space, more creative flow, a clearer mindset moving ahead. And then emotionally, you know, it's a uh, if I ask you to carry a, a 100 pound weight, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we can really act. We can say, okay, we know what that's like. Yeah. What's the 100 pound weight of some of the depression or anger or sadness that we experience in life? We can't quite uh, uh, find that what it means to volume, but we feel it. So to be able to have this higher energy assist in bringing it up, lightening it in a way so that it can be confronted, addressed, seen. Once we bring it into awareness, it helps to empower us in the release process, letting it go. And what does it mean to let go of that potentially 100 pound weight? There is a huge difference in how we feel and how we live our lives when we're feeling one way and when we're feeling another. So Reiki can assist in supporting that physical, mental, emotional, spiritual healing so that we can be our lightest, clearest, most compassionate and balanced selves. Wow. Uh, it sounds wonderful. And I have had the experience. Recently, I went for a Reiki session. Oh, lovely. My husband and I. So we do not too often, but I would say every two months we go there and I have somebody close to me. Yeah, it feels really, really wonderful. It's very insightful to, to hear some of the things the, um, the teacher says which kind of resonates so true because it's already within, right, Stephen? Yeah, we're helping to unlock it, right? We're helping to reawaken to it, to show it again. There's a lot of things that get shrouded or hidden away over life. Even when it comes to our emotional worlds, you know, there's a reason why we kind of push down emotions. Uh, It keeps us safe for that time being. It's very hard to really fully feel sometimes. Um, Mm, And that can be in in all realms, right? Both on the, what we would label the positive and, or the burdensome or the negative. So our self-defense mechanisms sometimes hide things from us or bury things deep, but uh, something that is toxic within us, whether it is uh, food that we put into our bodies, again, something a bit more tangible or an emotion or an idea that is not quite as tangible, but very much resonates within our energy body, our energetic existence, our consciousness, we need to have something that can help to remind us, help to reveal us in a safe, secure, and comfortable way what that might be and how we have permission to release what no longer serves us. And Reiki, for all that it is, can do no harm in that sense. It is a safe and secure practice, practitioner calling upon and 
becoming more so that that funnel, that channel for this universal life force energy. When I do a Reiki session with you, I am not taking any energy from you. I'm not giving over any of my energy to you. We are both secure and safe within this flow of universal life force energy. And with that, um, it just proves to be the, you know, that, that smooth release, that release of the physical tensions and pains, the ability, the permission to address and hopefully release certain mental and emotional burdens that are weighing on us without the worry of crossing wires, so to say. And it's important to have that safe and secure environment and practice to do so. True, so true. But it doesn't take a belief system, does it, Stephen? Do we have to believe in energy or in something? You do not. Yeah, and that's a fantastic question uh, because it could also provide a, a barrier in some cases. And we want to knock down all those barriers, right, so that we can experience as fully as possible. So you do not need to believe in Reiki, and Reiki is not inherently connected to any specific belief system or religion in that sense. My overall recommendation, and I think this is in life in general, but when it comes to Reiki, I think the most important thing, uh, even if it's just a small dose, is to be open and receptive to it. I think that opens up for the greatest sensitivity and experience from it. Uh, you know, if someone comes and says, I don't want to experience that, this, you know, <laughs> yeah. even just on a sense of consent. I understand that Reiki could be and would be beneficial to this person. But if this is not something they want to experience, that is totally fair. Uh, but being open and receptive, I think, is a beautiful baseline for stepping into it. Uh, we can talk about it. Some people intellectually go, I don't know about this. And even myself, when I started my journey, I was very healthfully skeptical of what this Reiki was. What? I've never heard of this. How does this work? And so now with almost 10 years of immersion and practice into it, uh, I can say it's such an experiential um, practice. We can talk about it forever. I, of course, would. But I, for anyone who is doubting but open and receptive, I would encourage experiencing Reiki for the first time. Because once you experience it, you unlock this really tangible personal connection to it and go, oh, okay, I get it now. I have a question for you about that came to me about the creative mind. I see that on your website and you use those words. The question is, do you wonder why do some of us use that creative mind for destruction, to create weapons of massive destruction and so many horrible things? So, I mean, not labeling, it's kind of hard not to label <laughs> when it yeah. really has to do with um, harming other human beings. So do you wonder why the creative mind, because it's the same life force, right, Stephen, that runs mm. through everything. So, it is. Yeah, I would love to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a unique question. Uh, my, my, my initial instinct is to say, Valeria, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 there's yeah. a part of me that wishes that I knew, and then there's a part of me that yeah. almost is scared to know. Yeah. But mm. we're all, yeah, we're connected by all being human beings for this for this go round. Um, so what? Yeah, what leads someone to be uh, uh, charitable and to um, be compassionate and to look at those around them and give? Um, and what leads someone to make more destructive, I think, you know, a, a, 
one part of the label that I think is very accurate, absolutely, is to be destructive, to be violent. Um, I, I, I do not know. And that is a unique, uh, you know, a web of what we're talking about on an energetic level and the study, uh, of course, of psychology and anthropology and sociology and so many different factors that uh, each individual one of us we have our own, you know, we have our own, we have our own DNA. And then as far as life experience goes, we have our own DNA of life experience that if you change any one of those factors, you know, in that hypothetical time machine, uh, you know, for, for going back, what is that sliding door new path that could lead someone who is or was destructive or violent to a path of, of kindness, communal kindness and inclusivity and love? So it is, it's such a deep question. Uh, I'm so glad you asked it. And in the midst of the conversation, maybe we got little bits here and there, but I think my ultimate answer is, I don't know. I have heard about, I think I read it somewhere about the five Reiki principles. You answered to one of them. It says, just for today, be humble. Do not worry. Do not anger, yeah. Do not anger, be humble, be honest, be compassionate toward yourself and others. Yeah. This is the foundation of, uh, this is the foundation, uh, Mikao Usui, who is the namesake uh, of Reiki, uh, having this immense experience that opened him up. We can say his, his attunement to Reiki, which has then been passed down along that he has taught others who have taught others who have taught others, leading all the way to me, who then teaches others and uh, facilitates that initiation attunement, opening one up to their connection with Reiki. These precepts, these foundations are part of the connection to gratitude, this giving and receiving exchange, which is so deep, again, physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, spiritually. Uh, it's the essence of everything we experience in life. And so to be able, at the bare minimum, whether or not connected to Reiki, to live life saying, hey, just for today, just for today, not tomorrow, just for today, do not anger. And just for today, do not worry. Honor your parents, teachers, and elders, those who came before you, those who you connect with. Earn your living honestly. Be true to yourself. Live your voice. And then show gratitude to every living being. Like we talked about, expanding our circle of conscious uh, compassion. That as a whole, if we just lived those five, I don't know how we measure it. I think we would feel it, but I think the world would be a better place. And to infuse those into this practice, this energetic exchange that is about supporting the healing and infusing greater balance, it's, it's just, it's a beautiful reminder of the core, the heart of what this practice is all about. I went there for the first time, I remember, to introduce my husband to it. I had uh, the experience about 25 years ago, and then I yeah. wanted him to experience. And for him, it was kind of not easy because he's a Christian, so he doesn't really believe in energy, but just you know, God isn't the entity in Jesus. And But he is open now. That is kind of, I mean, it's fantastic to see that people can open up to life itself and to become life. Every once in a while, we need to protect ourselves from by shutting in, by closing doors. That's totally understandable. But when it comes to life as a whole, would one, would you rather live life with a whole bunch of closed doors or a whole bunch of open pathways? And with your own, you know, intuition, with your own inspiration, with your own guidance and determination, 
you can choose to just be aware of an open pathway. You don't necessarily have to walk down it, but just having that ability, that option available is so much more. I'll come back to the first thing we talked about, freeing. It opens us up into freedom as opposed to closing us down. Um, and I think that at certain moments in life, it becomes that much more tangible of where we have closed down ourselves and what has been closed down for us and how we can reclaim that sense of openness. Mm, ah, yes, a trillion times to that truth of openness. What's the best way to contact you or to hire you as a Reiki master teacher and practitioner? Yeah, well, I, I live in Los Angeles, California, in North Hollywood in the Arts District. And so I see a majority of my clients from my home office space. But just like we talked about, Reiki is available remotely and distantly. 2020 proved to be a very unique year for that as I was not seeing anyone in person. It was all remote distance sessions with people all over the country and all over the world. So wherever you may be living, um, whether you have experienced Reiki and love it and are just looking for some more, or whether you might be looking to try it for a first time, uh, you can visit my website, which is Reiki for Creative Minds. That's R-E-I-K-I-F-O-R, creativeminds.com. And you can also reach me uh, by email, which is reiki4creativeminds at gmail.com. I'm always happy to, of course, talk about Reiki, to hear about experiences. What are you going through? What are you looking to infuse into your life? And what are you looking to release from your life. And then, of course, whether in person or from afar, be of support in any way that I can with Reiki to help facilitate your goals. Mm, thank you so much, Stephen, for being that person, <laughs> that channel. Thank you. Absolutely. So before we say goodbye today, I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. Would you like to add anything else that we didn't discuss or cover before that? Oh, my gosh. We could talk about <laughs> everything. Um, you know, I think one of the other important things besides receiving Reiki, which is beautiful, and it's something that was uh, a, a big exclamation point message in my life, not knowing it before, you know, before I knew Reiki, was that anyone can learn and become attuned in and access Reiki. Uh, I did not know it until I knew it. My students oftentimes don't know it until they know it. Uh, and then it be can become a beautiful foundation for your own personal health and well-being, sharing that with even just loved ones. You don't have to become a practitioner uh, in order to call upon Reiki. It is another practice like yoga, like meditation, like uh, healthful eating that you can incorporate into your life for your well-being. So anyone who is interested in Reiki can 100% learn it, facilitate it. Uh, so in addition to seeing clients for one-on-one -on -one treatments, I also teach classes uh, from level one all the way through level three, where one can become a Reiki master uh, like myself. I'll have your website and email on your podcast profile. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. And let's see my ending question. I'll ask you this one. I have about three of them. What do you love most about being in the human body or being the human body? Oh. <laughs> we always love to complain about our bodies. Oh, True. I'm feeling this way, I'm feeling that way. Yeah. Uh, but what do I love? I think this is also what guided me to Reiki in that way. I love the loving connection. And that can be anything from a hug to a handshake 
to being in the same space, making deep, connective eye contact with someone, experiencing the joy that resonates through the body, through laughter, through just talking, being able to share our voices as we do in such comprehensive and also simple ways. So I think that the connection that, you know, that we are gifted through the sense of both touch and expression in these human bodies, I love that the most. Mm, wow. I love the way you express that, communicate that message. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so beautiful. What is another word for healing? The two words that come to mind are love and presence, uh, two words that I've talked about and mentioned before, and perhaps we can even combine them to a sense of present love or loving presence. I think loving presence uh, is a beautiful way to describe, to connect, to think about what it means to heal on all of those multifaceted levels. How can we connect with the deepest resonance of being in this present moment and coming from a place as much as possible of unconditional love. Um, I think that we can oftentimes connect those moments in life to feeling like we are healed. And again, it's not a hundred percent perfection. I am fully healed, but it's part of that continuing journey to let go of what no longer serves us and create space to bring in what will serve us further and bring greater joy and meaning and purpose to life. That is part of our healing journey, whether on a physical level or deeper mentally and emotionally. So loving presence, I think, is a great way to exchange those two. I love your wisdom. It's beautiful the way you let it flow through you. My last Thank question you. is what three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die? Mm, well, number one, and whether it's with me or with someone else, I <laughs> yeah. highly, highly recommend experiencing Reiki. I really do. And I know it's part of our, the main part of our conversation, um, but it is, it, I do Reiki on myself every day and I will for the rest of my <laughs> life. Um, it's been such a beautiful gift uh, in, in my own sustainability, my own journey, my own, my own healing and well-being. And I think everyone deserves that and should experience it at some point. So experiencing Reiki, exploring the world. Um, and there's no judgment about whether or not you don't like to travel or you were born, raised, married, retired in your specific home. The connection and love for that is so meaningful. But we have this huge planet and barring the unique times that we live in, in this current global pandemic, uh, exploring the world, it is so immense. Um, there are so many beautiful locations. There are so many wonderful people. There are so many experiences and lessons that can be unlocked within us when we step outside of our most comfortable home space and experience something else that we can also say, oh my gosh, it's just like my home, it's just different, or just experience the beauty of either what we as human beings have created or what this planet uh, naturally has provided for us. So exploring the world is another thing. And oh, what is another experience? <laughs> you know, uh, I'll, just, I'll just go simple uh, in terms of time. And I'll just, you know, it's a simple one. Everyone's probably experienced it, but in case you need a reminder, Go get, a, go get a hug. Hug someone that you love. Um, the, the power of touch is so amazing. So maybe it's more of, uh, I'll, I'll slightly jump off and revise the question if you'll give me the freedom to do so. What experiences should we experience more often? And that is um, 
and that's that's hugs, just that ability to uh, to connect, to embrace, to share that moment uh, of just pure connective presence, uh, which then goes back to, hey, hugs are healing. So that's what I got for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It, it sounds like so much fun. I mean, I can hear in your voice is the energetic resonance of joy, of freedom. It's truly beautiful. Thank you so much, Stephen, again, for not just being the messenger, but the message itself. We need to oh, see more of that in the world. I appreciate that wholeheartedly. And thank you so much for having me on your on your podcast. Valeria. Thank you. And before we say goodbye again, where can we find more information about you, your products, services and future projects? You can search uh, for Reiki for Creative Minds, ReikiforCreativeMinds.com. And you can always send me an email at ReikiforCreativeMinds at gmail.com. Wonderful. Thank you again, and we'll talk soon, Steve. Bye for now. Sounds good. Have a lovely day. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Stephen Todd Smith and his work, please visit ReikiForCreativeMinds.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.